Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Sander Lanch podcast. This is Data, and with me today is Dak and Joe. No Jamie this week. Everybody can turn the podcast off now. Uh, there, was a, there was a baby who needed mommy today, so we're uh, we are three. That's okay. We'll 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 survive probably. <laughs> three yep, amigos. Are, uh, yeah, we're three men and no baby. <laughs> this week we read. The Lost Metal, chapters 11 through 16. So six more chapters for this week. It was so it's a good number of chapters, but some of them were quite short, uh, especially which one? The the second one, especially the one where I guess I should say where in these chapters we get uh, we get back to the mansion. We find out who's staying at the mansion and uh, cooking yummy treats full time. Wayne gets dumped. I think that's the short chapter is the Wayne dumping. Uh, we meet Renette's girlfriend finally, and the uh, the bowler hat fellows who have been trying to chase Wayne down. Also, there's a, there's some experimentation happening in the basement of the mansion. So all sorts of little interesting uh, things happening in these chapters. Some some happy, some sad. So hang on to something, everybody. The Sander Lanch is about to begin. of things happening wayne's not in the best mood but uh what did you guys think of these six chapters again a lot of fun i'm like i like how much we've just hit the ground running in this book but i guess considering we're getting quite a few chapters to read each time it's just like we're getting so much more information at once it's um it that might just feel like it's moving a lot faster so there's that i yeah i really like what's going on i love the experimenting chapter down in the basement of the lab like i love watching people do shit like that all the time yeah i think we were once at the pub just watching some musician play and there was a guy at the table in front of us who was sketching like the the singer and i'm just like i was more interested in watching the dude sketching because i'm just like i was fascinated that's the same sort of feeling i get watching wax and steris do their experiments and you know they've got all the aprons and the goggles and um <laughs> steris has put up the the ohs um sign in the corner that you have to follow and like shit like I, I lapped that shit up really good to see alec again nice to see that he's did what most people did in quarantine and took up baking um, <laughs> but it makes sense they got chocolate and he's just like like yeah yeah try my profiteroles and like i don't know i love this guy he's really cool the wayne stuff i did notice on instagram someone said uh like they will accept no wayne slander from dak this book <laughs> We'll just say, you know, don't worry, no Wayne slander whatsoever, because it's not slander if it's true. Hi-yo! Um, <laughs> but no, in, in all honesty, like, the Wayne stuff was interesting this time. I did get the sense, of, like, where he's decided to stop going and bothering Oriendry. It seems a lot similar to the last book where he decides he's not going to pursue Renette anymore. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to stop doing this thing because it's the right thing to do. And it's like, maybe that should have occurred to them earlier, but oh well. But I think <laughs> the situation with Wayne is 
summed up perfectly when he's talking to Renette and Renette's girlfriend. Like, and Renette says, okay, he's not as bad as I say he is, but he's not as good as you say he is either. I feel like that's probably where we are with Wayne right now mm. as, a, as a character. He's not as bad as I make him out to be. And look, I don't hate the guy. I, I know it sounds like I do because I'm constantly harping on, but that's just because the things I don't like about him seem to get the most focus over the good stuff. So there was that. But I, th- I thought, you know, that that was fun. And it was it was it was it was interesting to see inside his head and just see him trying to take steps to improve himself. Yeah, it's it, it's it's nice to see that and he really didn't want to, it didn't seem like, but he managed to take their advice to heart and even just that much seems like some some good growth for Wayne. Yeah. And it was sad about, you know, his he, he's not having his best day on to begin with. I mean, he got called the best shag by the blob monster in 700 <laughs> years, so yeah, he's like, that That helps. And she's like, yeah, I thought it might. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these chapters were good. I, I did enjoy them. I agree with Dak. I think my, my favorite parts are definitely the experiment parts, the wax and Steris relationship, even in like work and play and life. It's just like they're and, – and I think this is the kind of person that wax needs, which is kind of – why she grew into this role over time and he came to realize after the fact that he really appreciated her it's like he needs a partner that's like into all the stuff right and and she even brings some things out in him that are probably better than than he would do it you know if he did it his way on his own mm-hmm. you know she all the things that she's adding are are very helpful to him and i think uh i think that's it's a kind of a nice moment it's almost like I, I don't know. I, I almost see Brandon's personal touch in this moment. Maybe maybe I'm overthinking it, but this just seemed like a scene that that Brandon was like, I want to write this because I don't know this scene specifically, the experimentation stuff. It almost seemed like it almost seemed like something he could have written about himself experimenting with like dishes in the kitchen with his wife or something. It just seemed very personal and personable. And then you have all the friends over and, you know, Alex made he's basically invented chocolate chip cookies, which was fun. <laughs> and so, yeah, that was a really cool moment. And all the Wayne stuff. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of sad at the beginning. But I think I even more than the Renette and uh, the Renette and Jaxie stuff, I, I really liked the part where he goes to the accountants and he's coming up with all of these basically he thinks are bad ideas, but are probably going to end up being really good ideas that make him even more money. And and so it's just one of those things that you kind of like he's like an idiot savant. He just stumbles into these ridiculous things where he ends up basically making all this money and he doesn't really want to make money. So it's very, very kind of interesting, fun little little piece here. And I feel like this chunk of chapters went really well together. Of course, I don't know what the next chapter is going to be, but I really I really enjoyed this. I'm super excited to find out more about Trellium. I'm ready for Wax to talk to Harmony. So I'm I'm. I'm excited to see what comes next for sure. Yeah, you think Wax is going to actually talk to Harmony? He seems so hesitant. I mean, so he pissy, said he was really. he said he was going to do it twice in this chunk of chapters. I wouldn't imagine he'd keep saying it and then not end up doing it. Even if it he's not weird super if we thrilled about it. Book, if we went this whole book and he didn't actually do it, that'd be kind of Yeah. Funny. He'd be like, "Uh, that's right." He like mentions it every two chapters like, "Oh yeah, I need to talk to Harmony." Nah, never mind. Yeah, I just don't want Wanna. Yeah, I don't think that's uh, that's probably not going to be the case. <laughs> what do you what do you think Harmony's going to have to say? Well, I assume he's going to ask him about the Trillium and if if that's 
what uh, what he sh- what he needs to make the earring out of because that's what I was that's what I had predicted since it was the only unknown metal that had shown itself in the entire book thus far. And so yeah, I mean that that would be my guess is that he's going to ask him about that. Maybe he's going to ask him about separating harmonium into the two metals. Of course, we, you know we're kind of left on a cliffhanger in our section about what's going to happen with that. So it's true. It's it's all the cliffs to hang from. Okay, I guess, sorry, I guess let's get into these chapters. So we start out with Wax returning home to his ancestral manor, Ladrian Mansion. And Steris was like, he Steris like has a death grip on him while, while they're flying, uh, just as usual. But she also is enjoying it the whole time. And so, yeah, they go in and apparently Alec is just like living here in the mansion. And he also his rent in baked goods. Apparently they're very good baked goods. So I, I guess it works out. Yeah. <laughs> he's in the kitchen he's in the kitchen going alex gonna die the way he lived we made jokes last book about him becoming like you know like running a bakery with marisai or something and did yeah. we yeah we totally did and i, I remember the jokes about like the, the chocolate empire that marisai would build i don't remember a bakery specifically yeah because there was a whole thing about like like marisai should run the the, the shop and he'll be in the back. I, I made a joke about him in the back baking cookies or whatever, because oh, I, had, okay. I had read this, but. <laughs> oh, I see. Injecting your foreknowledge into the past. What a jerk. Uh, <laughs> coloring our expectations. Yeah. I didn't think he was making cookies, but then I read this and I was like, oh, he's making cookies. So it didn't color what you thought at all <laughs> is what you're saying. Maybe not blame you for it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> I like when Jamie's not here. We can gang up on him. <laughs> yeah, because that stops you. Okay, so since since space at the penthouse is so tight, they keep their hobbies here. Stairs has three rooms for her ledgers, notebooks, and catalogs, which she looks through in her spare time. That's that's very Stairs. Sure. I'm so bad at looking at alerts on Instagram. Sorry, I was Zach quoted that person on Instagram who had mentioned that uh, like no. No, you know, slandering Wayne this book. Yeah, I'd and seen so I, that as well. I went back to look at who that was and what exactly they had said, which he got the quote pretty much exactly right. But uh, and then it turns out that that same person, it was like so and so and so mentioned you in their Instagram story. But you can only see stories that day. So I have no idea what she said. <laughs> oh, bummer. Whoever that was, please fill us in. <laughs> the Sanderlanch. I'm sorry, I'm just so bad at at uh, actually Data, che- yeah. checking alerts. Data's not savvy with social media unless it's Discord. Well, and there's we, – we also sometimes get messages on our Instagram, people wanting to, you know, uh, talk to me about various uh, inside jokes and stuff that uh, – or uh, or other stuff that people are posting. And sometimes it will seriously be like a week or before I notice it and send something back or – this last time it may have been like three weeks before I was like, oh, yeah, and respond to this person. So, yes, I'm, I'm sorry that I'm so bad at Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, I'm sorry. Back to uh, the actual thing. It's interesting that Wax has this like he says it's not quite a shrine because one of the people isn't dead. But it's like his miss his not miss his roughs outfit and Lessie's roughs outfit just kind of have their special place where they hang in the mansion uh, so that, you know, to be remembered, basically. And as it as it turns out, this uh, his coat here is, as we find out, the spot where Wayne put that half a meat bun or whatever that he traded for Wax's badge. Uh, yeah, that. <laughs> Which 
I'm glad that he found it at least, uh, because yeah, it was already smelling bad apparently. He says it's gone moldy at one point. I'm surprised Alec hadn't found it. Maybe Alec's like, oh, maybe it's in here for a reason. I'm not gonna mess with that Alamancer stuff. <laughs> He's like, oh, well, the the master Alamancer must have a reason for having a moldy meat bun. Yeah, obviously. Has to do with one of his experiments, no doubt. <laughs> and we get a description of Alec's new mask. It's bright red with flakes of yellow paint radiating from the center. So he looks like a, a sunrise or something in a, in a red yeah. sky. It's his happy I'm dating a girl mask. Oh, see, there you go. He's, he's a happy dude. And he, he he says, hey, the new batch is almost done. And Wax is like, I'm not here to, because I'm hungry, but you'll still eat. Yeah. And Wax is like, yeah. <laughs> and so Alec has an official title as Junior Goodwill Ambassador to the Basin. And basically it's because he was the, the one willing to come and live here on a semi-permanent basis. Which, uh, after he spent two years taking coincidental trips up here all the time to see Marisai, uh, he decided to just stay. I like that. He comes all the way from the south. He's like, yeah, I just wanted to come into town coincidentally. Yeah, you know, no, nothing yeah. special. Just hanging out. Yeah. Hey, Marisai, you want to you wanna do something? You just, what what a weird coincidence. You're here also, and, and I'm here. Maybe we should be somewhere yeah. together. Right. With uh, With chocolate. Plenty of chocolate. Yeah, that, that's how you get her. Yeah, and here's he finds the old meat half and meat bun in his pocket of this mist coat, and then a big dog comes out, and the dog's like, "Hey, did you bring Max?" And it turns out the dog is Malon, and she was dressed up in a dog body to play fetch with Max. So Max no. just likes fetch. Doesn't matter if it's his dad, it's a dog, whatever. So um, we listened to the audiobook for these chapters, and yeah, the. I don't listen to a lot of audiobooks, and like the more I've listened to ones for this series, I'm just like, I don't know if they're really my thing. I probably wouldn't do them on a regular basis. Because the bloke doing, the, like the bloke reading it, Michael Kramer, is that his name? Yes, Michael Kramer. Yeah, when he's doing Maylan's voice, I'm like, I looked at Jameson, did he always do Maylan's voice like this? And she said, I don't remember. It sounds like he's trying very hard to do a low, seductive voice. And I'm just like, whoa, this, this is weird. I've, I've never listened to it, so I will believe you. Yeah. Also, Steris sounded a lot like William Shatner, so... Interesting. Not... Was, uh... Well, it's like, I, it was I guess very... what he was going for was like a very, you know, sharp, precise words as, as she spoke, uh... which I get. But yeah. because he put the emphasis on certain syllables here and there, it sounded very <laughs> Shatner-ish. Just like, Wax, I want to know about the thing... I don't know. I can't even think of something. Oh, uh, now I'm going to imagine Sarah's a Shatner, and there's, it's it's unfortunate. I, I used to like her so much. <laughs> <laughs> and Melon has an interesting note that the body you're wearing has an influence on you. It's like, it's hard to explain, but it's like, if you get all dressed up in a fancy gown, you want to dance, which Wax is also not going to understand that explanation, probably. But And so, yeah, she's got the dog's body on, and she's like, I kind of feel like playing fetch, but I guess not. And they've given Malon a whole room at the mansion to keep her bones and bodies and hair and nails and all that other stuff she needs, which, I mean, I guess and it's nice for her to have a place. Yeah, it, it's it's nice that they not only have room for their hobbies, but they can give their friends some rooms to uh, use also. So I wonder if Malon just like hangs out around them all the time now or if she's all, uh, always off on missions for Harmony and it's just occasionally here. I don't know, it sort of makes it sound like she just was always hanging around. Yeah. That's kind of nice. Yeah. For Wayne, at least, up until today. 
It's always bad to be around on breakup day. <laughs> yeah, you want to be somewhere else. And then, of course, Wayne comes in and Steris immediately is like, could you not track mud all through the house every time? And he's like, be glad it's just mud because you would not believe some of the places we've been in today. And Marissa is like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Look what we got. And Max is like, oh, my gosh, you got one? How? And I like Wayne, Wayne saying, like, you know, we found this guy. Fortunately, he didn't have any use for the spike once Marisai was finished with him. And she's like, Act, well, I mean, yeah. he had a use for it. That's why I had to rip it out. But yeah. Wax sounds like my friend when I was like, hey, man, look at my PS5. He's like, whoa, you got one? How? <laughs> and so it, apparently it's this was not the first time that they've encountered somebody from the set with more powers than they should be able to have. And at first, Wax is like, no, no way. But She's now confirmed it because she ripped the spikes out herself. So must have something to do with this being placed as some sort of linchpin, he says. And it's interesting to me that like you, you read this and he says or he's thinking that uh, about these trillium spikes and how what had happened with Lessie or Palm or Bleeder or whatever you want to call her. And the Chondra say that the spikes the, like the trillium spike wasn't to blame. But in the last book, Harmony pretty specifically indicates otherwise that it was that spike he's talking about like the spike that even if you removed it would have left her permanently damaged or whatever he says something like that and that bugged me when i first read this paragraph reading through this book that the conjurer are like no that that wasn't to blame I'm like yes yes it was harmony said so but then later i think we have that same conversation with the conjurer who shows up so i was like oh, okay as long yeah. as the book acknowledges that the same issue is happening yeah, Wax brings it up with Vendel. He's like, I'm pretty sure Harmony said that was it. <laughs> yeah, Vendel's like, nuh-uh. And he, Wax's like, well, Harmony said. And Vendel's like, well, I mean, you know, whatever. But it's like, I can't, yeah. re- can't argue with Harmony. Now, I know you work for God, but how often does he talk to you? He hasn't called me in months. <laughs> <laughs> and so we talk about, I don't remember if we actually established that this metal was called Harmonium previously. Or I, I think we heard the, the et metal term before, maybe. We'd heard et metal because that was like in the last book they mentioned it as like the fuel or whatever. Mm, yeah. For the yeah. airships and Alec was just like, yeah, no, don't get that wet. And it's like metal doesn't explode when it gets wet, uh, dude. This one does. Shut up. <laughs> um, but I, this, I'm pretty sure this is the first mention of harmonium. So yeah, this is Harmony's metal. It is very, it is very unstable, presumably because of Harmony's status holding these two opposed powers of ruin and preservation it makes his power kind of unstable and it the resulting metal is also very unstable in that it explodes when you get it wet also if we were and I, we may have talked about it before but if we were following the naming scheme of adium and lorassium this would actually be called sazedium but uh, maybe, i think this is like maybe sazed like he was always a pretty humble guy he's like no no don't don't put my real name on that put my screen name yeah on. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like me going by data on here. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's, dati- it's datium. <laughs> but I, I think Brandon was asked about it and was basically like, yeah, Sazed didn't think that Sazedium sounded very good, so he went with Harmonium instead. Yeah, by Sazed, he means himself. Well, I mean, like I, I watched that video from, from the con where he's talking, you know, and he pronounced it Sazed. A lot of, yeah, Sa- that, that's a popular pronunciation of it. And Sazedium actually isn't too bad. That's a good point. Say Zedium. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. So I'll, I'll chalk it up to, yeah, <laughs> like, say it's just like, a, no, I feel awkward going into, like, I don't, I don't like to talk about my history. Right. <laughs> Melon comes back out dressed in in uh, an androgynous look that she seems to be going for more and more these days. 
which we find out later Wayne is like, yeah, she, she's hot, but she's always hot, regardless of basically what she looks like. Which I feel like that is that is something to Wayne. He's very much the sort of guy who's like, like when he likes someone, he genuinely he sees the person inside. He doesn't give a shit what mm. they look like. He very much just like, I like you for you. Yep, I believe that about Wayne. Yep. I feel like there's pressure on me. It's like, I've got to say nice things about Wayne. <laughs> yeah, our, 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 nah. our Instagram friend will get you. <laughs> well, I feel like she, like she's like, she's probably indicative of um the the general feeling out there because there have been a few emails out about it as well. I'm just like, mm-hmm. do I harp on about this too much? Maybe I should just like, I'm not at a Joe and Spook level with Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I you don't have to be nice. I mean, they're fictional characters. Who cares if we're nice to them? <laughs> I know, I know. It's like I don't want to lose listeners. Man, Everyone. fuck this guy. <laughs> Everyone needs to find somebody to hate on the show. Joe's got spook. I feel like Jamie had uh, had Ariane. Yep. So uh, uh, yeah, Dak yeah. and Wayne, it's fine. Uh, like Jamie didn't like right away was not a fan of Ariane from 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 word one. So <laughs> I, I don't blame her though. I wasn't either. So <laughs> yep. Oh my gosh. So okay, Melon is impressed that they got this spike, and Wayne's like, "Yeah, Marisai turned some bloke into hamburger to get it." And Melon's like, "Nice," which is. <laughs> They're they're so perfect for each other. It's hilarious. My last probably just like, a, did you save me some? And then Wax pops in. Like, speaking of meat, did you put a meat bun in my mist coat? I have to get that laundered now. And Wayne's like, you you don't got no proof I did that. I know I know my rights. Marisai is always quoting them to people. Once we finish beating them up, I get a trial by my peers. I do. And Steris is just like right there with the comeback. But where would we find so many slugs on short notice? Oh, Boom. got him. And apparently uh, Wayne and Steris like get along better these days like this is this is like a friendly insulting sort of thing which that's nice given what we knew of their previous relationship i'd really like to know how we got to this point i suspect and i don't uh, there's no support as far as i know for this but i suspect that what happens is after at some point maybe it was even in the last book when wax is like wayne that's enough i think at some point after wax married her wayne had to accept okay she's gonna be here She's part of the group now. And we kind of talked about before. Brandon had said that like Wayne basically has this thing. Once you're in with him, you are in forever and he, he'll do anything for you. But like if if you if he sees you as not one of the crew, then, you know, you're out. And so I think at some point that switch flipped for Wayne where it was like, OK, she's in now. Like Wax is married to her. They love each other. Maybe it was after she had Max or something. But. Oh, you know what? It's totally after they had Max, because Wayne, uh, Wayne would love being the cool uncle, mm-hmm. and if he pissed off Steris, he knows he would get like uncle rights pro- like revoked, and he would <laughs> never see Max again. So he's like, I gotta be nice to Steris, or else I don't see the boy. Which I totally get that. And I think as soon as Wayne begins to be like a decent human being to Steris, that she is the kind of person who's immediately gonna be like, return that olive branch and be like, okay, yeah, we can. Because she wanted, like, a better relationship there from the beginning. He was always the one that was just, like, shitting on her constantly. Yeah, yeah. And so Wax realizes that this is what Harmony was talking about. This is the other metal that he wants him to make an earring out of. And he's, which we, that was the theory that you guys had, was that Trellium was probably the metal that was going to show up. But once again, it's like, is that really a good idea? And Wax kind of has the same thought, like, why would Harmony want me to do that? And then he thinks, like, damn, Harmony knows me too well. A mystery is a be- way better way to get my attention. And so Marisai mentions, like, hey, Malon, we could use your help. We got a corpse that needs to walk around for a little bit. And Malon's like, I, I got a thing. Uh, it- uh, it's a thing on another planet, actually. 
or maybe between planets. I don't, I'm not really sure. <laughs> Harmony wants us to get out there and learn about the Cosmere because it's become evident that the Cosmere knows about us, which, yeah, that's a good call. Bum, bum, bum. And she kind of tries to explain about the other world. It's an inversion of the real world and so on. And we know because we, uh, we were there in secret history. And then Alec bursts in with cinnamon puffs with hot chocolate for dipping. Which, holy fuck, did this make me hungry? <laughs> cinnamon puffs. And I like that he gives Marisai a comically large mug of hot chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> Just picturing yeah. one of those, like, later glasses. So apparently they were flirting for four years and now have been dating for two. And they still act like school kids sometimes, which Wax knows more than he wants to about because Daris takes notes and then asks <laughs> if she, she should be acting like that. <laughs> oh, it's it's very Daris, but I could see Wax being like, oh, this is awkward. I don't. It's like, uh, no, we're married. You know, we we have kids. We've had sex. Like, that's not really I'm not we, into that. Thanks. We, we go to the lab and blow shit up together. Like, why do why like why do you need to ask us like, yeah. pop my leg every time we kiss? I'm like, no. Yeah, like how much more fun can we have? We blow shit up. Yep, that that's as romantic as romantic as it gets. Right. I mean, if she gets to you know record the size of the explosion, she loves it. Yeah, I mean, if you ever <laughs> blow something up without me, I'm gonna be pretty pissed. This is him saying it to her, not her saying it to him, because he does that all the time. Yeah. And I like wax. Knows that he's going to have some potentially dangerous experiments. So he's like, hey, Wayne, how much how much health you got? Just just in case I might need some help. And Wayne says, sorry, mate, I got an appointment. And Malon's like, hey, Wayne, can you? The, and he tries to get out of it. She's like, this is kind of important. And he's like, oh, OK. And then Wax is like, uh, I'm going to need my goggles. He, 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 I, I can just see his eyes lighting up like, oh, man, I, I get to use my goggles. So, <laughs> Again, when that line comes out. I'm like, that's brand. <laughs> well, I mean, we did sort of get a brief moment of this back way back in Alloy of Law before the butler blew the house up, didn't we? Like, yes. Yeah. Like Wax his got through his, um, his metallurgy stuff, and he was just he was like a little kid with cake. Yep. Like, he's like, this is the this is my best day in years. Uh, <laughs> and like then this is the best day ever. And, and the U.S. cover of Alloy of Law has him like with the steampunk goggles around his neck, so it just uh, it fits. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's it. after two books where we didn't get to see him, like, you know, we saw him having fun, but this one he just gets downright giddy. It's true. And, like, Steris is participating in this, and it's just, it, they're, like, so adorable together. We'll, we'll get there in a minute, but yeah, we, this, in Chapter 12, we get a Wayne perspective where he's, like, sometimes Wayne pretended to be a hero, but it was hard to do that lately when the truth was staring at him in the face. He'd made a career out of pretending. People thought it was just a talent. They never asked what he was hiding from which oh, that's I never thought about it like that either. So I can't uh, I can't talk. But, geez, I mean, we know that Wayne has, you know, his demons or whatever. But that's it's kind of sad that that's the way he's looking at it, where he's like, yeah, all of, yeah. All of the everything that I do is to try to hide from this. Yeah, it's sad. And she she just comes out and tells him, like, sorry, it's over, Wayne. I tried to prepare you for it, but it was probably more painful to string it out. And he's like, I don't know. I never had my heart broke before. Wayne's not happy. She's not happy. And he's like, you know, I, got, I know you got to do your thing. And they have a real depressing to me conversation where he's just like, I mean, we were together for six years. Was it not? Was that nothing for you? And she's like, it, I mean, it wasn't nothing. It's just not it wasn't for me what it was for you. More Tensoon warned me. Ulam warned me. Mortals see time differently. 
Yeah. I, you know, it is a sad conversation, but at the same time, I feel like it's very, um, it's very well handled. Um, yeah. You don't want to give, at least this is how I've always felt in the situation. You don't want to give another person kind of a, a hope or even like a hint that you're leading them on in one of, in, in a situation like this. It's like, I, you know, she's, she's explaining like what this was for you. It wasn't the same thing for me. And I'm, you know, I'm sorry about that. Like, but I can't feel the same way that you felt about it because we exist on different, like in, on different time schedules, frames, like it just, it could never be for me what it is for you. And I've drawn it out too long already. Like it's, it's just not going to work. Like it's, you know, she's letting him down. She's maybe being a little harsh, but she's also not giving him any false hope of like, yeah, that this could work out maybe later, but not now. Like, you know, she's saying, nah, like it, it needs to end. end. so I actually did think that it was done pretty well. I think they both handled this pretty maturely. Even Wayne, who's not known for his maturity, handles this about as well as I think we could have expected from him. Yeah, and I well, I feel like Milan probably also knew the right things to say to not send him off the deep end a bit. Mm. Like, like the thing about you know, oh, you were the best, you were the best lay I ever had. It's like a can't believe you just said that, but it's very much a you know, she like whether or not it's true. Like, you, I can believe that she was saying it honestly. Um, but it seemed like the sort of things like she knew saying that would give him something. It's like it's not going to make him think there's still a chance, but it also give him something to just laugh about and he wouldn't feel as bad, I guess. Yeah. Wayne, in particular, uh, that that's very helpful to him. It went in a moment where she's like, you're, you're the best lay I've ever had in 700 years. And he's like, oh, man, that really helps. And she goes, yeah, I thought it might. But not to skip over her her talk about her mission. She's going to cross the misted unknown, the dark vastness that Harmony called Shadesmar. Have we heard the term Shadesmar before? I don't recall. I feel like we have somewhere. Maybe it may have, it may have, if we, yeah, it may have come up in Secret History. If we have, I don't remember it, but it's been a long time since we read that. It's a term that pops up here and there throughout uh, the different books, and it's 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 just another name for like the cognitive realm, but... She says she'll be the first conjurer to go out there long term with an official mission, which I guess implies that there have been conjurer out there either short term and or with unofficial missions. So maybe there's some conjurer that just ran off and they're hanging out there somewhere and she's going to help those in need, entire peoples in need. So that's nice. But after she leaves, Wayne goes back to his sort of self-reflection. He wasn't wearing a hat, so he has to be himself, the true him. The one that knows this and the pain of knowing what he really was, the pain of being worthless, which all Wayne. And then we cut back to a more cheery scene of Wax and Steris and Marisai going down into the basement, which has uh, had some modifications made. It's been reinforced. It's been set up with every sort of thing that you could think of for his metallurgy lab. There's microscopes and acids and burners and a forge and an anvil room. <laughs> And he can do some electrolysis. And so I, I like that uh, she, Steris hands him his apron, his very thick, like it says almost like a flak jacket sort of apron to protect his nice vest that he's wearing. And he, he also thinks like, oh, I apparently threw my cravat aside somewhere. I don't know where that went. And then in a minute, it, it references that Steris has actually picked up his cravat and is like uh, putting it away for him. 
they, they complement one another so well. And Marissa is just standing there like, you guys are adorable, which I 100% agreed with in this moment. So I was like, nah, you, not that you weren't just being all lovey-dovey with your boyfriend, but still. And Wax is, and Starris look at each other and it's like, uh, okay, whatever. And I like Starris says, she should get her eyesight checked. And then, <laughs> and then says, Marissa, dear, I have goggles with corrective lenses arranged in the drawers to your right. Which, that is so Starris to me that it, it's this like weird level of consideration where mm-hmm. in all likelihood she and wax are going to be generally the only people here and certain and almost certainly the only people needing goggles who else is going to be around for your experiments most of the time but it's not just that like she has corrective lenses that fit you know maybe marisai in particular she has a whole range of corrective lenses just in case there's a guest here that they need to provide goggles with corrective lenses for yeah i feel like stairs would be like excellent at running like a fancy hotel it's like all the amenities you could ever think of anything you think you might need it's like yes they have that yep i agree she's she she could totally run like a resort or something i honestly caught myself wondering did she get a like a custom mask made for alec with protective goggles built into the eye holes maybe because he's Ah, always around yeah i could totally see her doing that I don't know if if I don't know what the the it may be taboo to have somebody else like making a mask uh, for you to wear sometimes or something. I don't know what the custom around that is, but yeah, I mm, can totally sure. say the same thing. Or maybe just some goggles that would fit well like over a mask. Yeah, yeah. And I love the sign. I almost want this sign where it says "goggles required," and then someone has written in crayon "Sep Wayne." And for some reason, like Marisai goes, "Oh, you like stuff happens like explosions," and Steris's response is. My favorite line here, for some reason, she's like, not just explosions, acid spills, fires, accidental weapons discharge. Though I suppose that one is technically a subset of explosion, which I was like, I mean, she's right. That is a subset of explosions. But I, I just love that line for some reason. And so the heart uh, wax is already running some tests. He's doing like a scratch test with various substances. And he's this trellium is extremely hard. Just above a nine on his scale, scratched by diamond, but barely marks corundum. But it's brittle. Harmonium, he says, is nearly as pliable as gold, but this is a brittle metal. And then they try to melt it, but the melting point is over 2,500 degrees. And she says, oh, so similar to harmonium. So apparently they're both very difficult to melt. And they have another melter that runs an electrical current through it to get it even hotter, and that still doesn't melt the trellium. What do you call a metal that's unmeltable? I don't know if there is such a thing, so I don't know that there's a name for it. No, there's not like an element in our world that can't be melted. Uh, not that I know of. I mean, I think that like any matter can change state if you're putting it at a high or low enough temperature, but uh, I could be wrong. Yeah, let's see. Is there an unmeltable <laughs> metal? Melt man, the power, the power to, to melt. melt. <laughs> For some reason, I'm just picturing two dudes with this giant block of metal lugging it up the side of a volcano, and they just like lob it into the lava, and they watch it sink. And one of them looks at the other, and goes, "Do you reckon it melted?" And the other one's like, "Well, I'm not fucking going in to to pick it up and find out." <laughs> I don't know why that popped into my head? Uh, let's see. This is an article from 2015. According to scientists at Brown University, a precise combination of hafnium, nitrogen, and carbon could withstand a trip down to the outer edges of the Earth's core. Computer simulations revealed that the material would have a higher melting point than the next closest substance by 200 kelvins. 
So, so it, it doesn't melt. It's just it very, hot. You know, uh, very, very hot. Yeah. So yeah. we say theoretically because it would need to survive the inferno that is the sun's corona 900,000 degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> the power of molten lava. The power of the sun. Yeah, that's true. Ash mounts. Who's melting what now with ash mounts, you know? <laughs> and so Steris says Tenson says that the metals are bodies, the bodies of divinities and that they were the source of the mists back in the day. And Wax is like, wait, wait, wait. So why didn't everyone's lungs burn if I can heat, heat this over 3,000 degrees without it liquefying? Point of order here. Steris has spoken to Tensoon, or is this, has Tensoon written something that she's gotten a hold of? Or what was That's that what conversation it, like? Yeah, I was going to say, it's like apparently these guys are just chatting regularly. I mean, Melon lives here. Maybe Tensoon comes by and has some hot chocolate, too. Who knows? Melon, do you want to see if Tensoon wants to come around for dinner? Well, he's guarding the underground still. Like, yeah, but... Doesn't he want to see daylight every once in a while? I, I guess. <laughs> Maybe he shows up as a dog also. <laughs> I want some kibble. Classic Tenson. Oh, Tenson. what if he did he autograph Max's Sunni cub? Oh man, that'd be, <laughs> that'd be great. Hilarious. Yeah. Put that on eBay. <laughs> Steris theorizes that maybe these metals, unlike normal metals, don't change states based on temperature, but based on something else, which I mean, she's right. That seems like the only explanation because or I, we, we talked about back in the original trilogy, how like the, the mist was supposed to be part of like the body of preservation. But when you say body in in terms of a shard of like a god, it has sort of a different meaning than what we would normally think of as body. Because also when the the holder died, a normal body drops down into the, the ash. Right. So it's not the same thing, but it it's kind of. The same thing. It's the physical represent. It's the representation of the shard on the physical plane or the physical realm. So I don't know because like Lorassium was also like a representation of preservation in the physical realm, right? So yeah, metal and mist both at the same atmospheric pressure, temperature, all that. So just it's god it's magic. Weird. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> also, but I don't remember for Hero of Ages when Ruin spent all that time looking for his body. Do we make any jokes about how the body must have run off with Richard Nixon? I don't remember doing that, but we should have, right? We totally should have. That's right in our wheelhouse. Oh, Haru! <laughs> As you can see, oh, I have a shiny new body. <laughs> One made of a god metal called Etium. <laughs> Nixon's back! <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Real... Oh, no, I'm thinking of the Lincoln. Real evil simulated Lincoln is back. <laughs> yep. Yep. <sighs> so, I, I, despite the fact that, yeah, it's just like it's magic. Who knows how it worked? I, I love it when they're they're trying to science things out, when they're trying to figure out how the actual rules of how all this stuff works. Those are some of my favorite scenes in the book. These where they're down here. And it's not just that, that they're having fun and they're cute together and all this, but I like this i like this approach to to the world in this book well it's it's a really fun way of establishing the law mm. um for for the overall story like we're doing it by it's not just people talking to each other and filling each other in this is the characters doing something that they genuinely enjoy doing and they're having fun it's like a cute little couple's date they have but they're also <laughs> using that to expand the lore and increase our knowledge of the cosmere at large so it's that yep. it's very well done and I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that if uh, if Jamie were here today, I suspect that she would also be a fan of like the CSI portion of uh, of the book. I believe she said that was the case. Yes. <laughs> 
She did. She she yeah. We were listening to the audiobooks. She definitely laughed at every time Steris got a burn in on someone, <laughs> whether it was like Wayne with the slugs or Marisai with the corrective lenses. Mm. I, th- I think it, I think at one point she like yeah with the goggles of the corrective lenses. Jamie said something like, uh, "Only Steris could turn occupational health and safety into a burn." <laughs> she she takes it very seriously. Yep. Uh, okay, and then so he start he asks her about or rather Marisai brings up that when she pulled this bike out of the dude, he started talking like Miles. He's talking about the ash falls coming again, and Wax is like, I'm, "That can't happen. That the the land just doesn't it doesn't work that way anymore. The ash mounts are either non-existent or stilled. There isn't the tectonic activity to cause another ash fall. Ash falls do not work that way. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> You've got trail down there, just like." Well, we turned it off. Maybe I can turn it on again. And you just you know, flip the switch. It's fine. <laughs> and so he's going to use the he's going to use spectroscopy to uh, basically like on CSI or, or NCIS when they use the mass spectrometer. But uh, you but GIF, why isn't the image getting clearer? <laughs> That's all the resolution we have. Making it bigger doesn't make it clearer. It does on CSI Miami. <laughs> yeah, well. So, yeah, you, you burn little flakes, and based on the light that's given off, basically, you can tell stuff about composition. But apparently, when you do this with trellium, it turns out weird. Also, when you do it with harmonium, we find out. But So, basically, it's giving off a reading as if there's a little bit of everything in here. It, it, Wax explains that each element has a signature represented by wavelengths, but... This metal projects the full spectrum as if it's just made of pure white light. And yet somehow, along with all of the full spectrum of light, the red jumps off the scale, which isn't possible. But harmonium does something similar. So it kind of it it, it just kind of confirms that this appears to also be a god metal because it does weird shit that makes no sense. And so then they're going to move over to the safe box, which is a reinforced box built into the back wall that can withstand... It could take a grenade without trouble, he says. It had even handled an et-metal water explosion. You have to keep et-metal in oil as it tends to react even to the air. So, yeah, that's bad. And so Marisai, as they're doing this, is looking at sort of his notes and the research that he's been working on. And she realizes that you've been trying to divide harmonium and create adium and, and loracium, too. Which, yeah, if you're trying to divide harmonium back up into the other god metals, a little bit of both is going to be in there, presumably. I guess it's like, yeah, are, are they really going to test the atium first? Because, like, you need to find someone who specifically is a misting for it, which, like, that's 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 a hell of a dice to roll. And then you yeah. just wasted your atium. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, if, yeah, if he gets that lorassium, like you say, it's like, well, then he can just test it. Yep. And the worst part would be, like, he separates them, but they're not pure, so then he gets poisoned to death. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that, that would be bad, uh... Yeah, I mean, who's going to try to burn this stuff if he does make it? <laughs> That's You know what we need. We need Steris Mistborn. That's what we need. That's what the world needs. Uh, yep, I, yep, I can get behind that. Uh, and Mary says, like, how have you not told me all these years what you're trying to do? I thought you were trying to, like, make airships, and that's why you kept needing Ant Metal, like everybody else. And Wax is just like, I mean, I haven't made any progress, so that's why I never told you, basically. And he even it even says that, like, he took all his research to the scientists at the university or whatever, and they were just like, yeah, yeah, that's nice. Like everything that he's found, they already found. So, and then Steris calls out. It's like you gotta come take a look at this. The, the trellium spike is reacting to the harmonium. 
which is a hell of a dramatic little moment to switch chapters on, which is, of course, why he did that. But and then we cut back to Wayne, who is ducking in an alley to get away from the bowler hat guys, which I was honestly I was kind of and we'll, we'll get there eventually. But I was kind of shocked that you guys bought into the like Reddy's assumption that these guys were like coming to try to collect a debt from Wayne. And you guys, you guys are like, oh, man, his his businesses must have gone south or whatever. And just when I got here in the book and they said that, I was like, no way. No, he's he's super rich. And these guys are actually after him to like to get him to actually pay attention to his financial empire or something. There's no way he's suddenly in debt after subtly building up his wealth uh, in the background in these stories for so long. Shimmy was like he was in debt, but I assumed he was just pissing away his money and they were trying to and something was up with it. Wayne's never struck me as someone who makes good financial decisions, so I could totally see him like losing all his money. That's yeah, that's a that's a good point actually. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think I was actually on the side of they were just like I, I guess I just didn't have the thought that accountants were going to chase him down, but I didn't think they were menacing until he says like to Marisai, they won't bother him again. Like that made me think like oh he he knows who these guys are and it's not just like that they. You know, I thought maybe they were after him because he welched on something, a debt or something, or he stole something. But it's like, no, you know, when he said they won't bother Reddy again, my thought was, oh, he, these guys are after him for something like not great. So I think that's kind of why I was dissuaded from thinking that it was just because it was because he had lots of money, you know? Mm, yeah, no, I, I, I get that. I, I honestly toyed with the thought after we recorded, it's like, maybe he's actually in trouble with the mob or something. Like, maybe... The- <laughs> Like not the set, but like just some other criminal organization out there that he's just mm. screwed screwed over, and they're out for payback or something. That that seems more likely. Yeah, <laughs> that could happen. I could see yeah. it. Okay, so Wayne has decided that today is a funeral, and he's always got these weird takes on everything. So I'm just at this point, I'm just like, okay, I'll roll with it. Whatever you say, dude. Sure. And he's going to meet, uh, as we find out, Renette and Jaxie, her girlfriend, at a place called the Drunken Spur. Which is apparently kind of a fancy, upscale, expensive restaurant with a rough theme, which both Wayne and Renette seem to find like deeply unsettling or like uh, as people who are actually live a large part of their lives in the roughs, if not originated in the roughs, they seem kind of offended. Yeah, this is basically the reaction of an Australian when you take him to Outback Steakhouse and serve him <laughs> Fosters. <laughs> that's that's great. Good to know. When that is your comparison. Yeah, it's a good. Yeah, next time Dak visits, I like uh, that. The U.S. We're going to Outback. We're take. Yeah, I'll take are. him to Outback. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll stay home. <laughs> He's like, I don't have to go to that. <laughs> yeah, I I would say the equivalent is when somebody from Texas goes to the Texas Roadhouse, but I actually really like Texas Roadhouse. And it's good, so it's not really equivalent at all. It'd probably be like the equivalent of trying to have like. Texas barbecue in another country, though, because I think I think I have had done that once and it was an awful mistake. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's it's basically going to any restaurant that purports to have some kind of you know dish or culture or ethnicity, and it's not run by someone from with that background. Yeah. It's like this yeah, is, like on the at at best it's crass. At its worst, it's actually just outright like offensive. Yep. Actually, like that was one of the things I was most excited about when I, last time I was in America was, you know, we went to a, a, a Mexican restaurant where the food was like the food and the cooks, everything would ge- like genuinely had a Mexican background. And I was like, Oh, this, I am here for this. I want to try the real shit. Mm. 
because we don't get a lot of that down here because obviously that's kind of far away. Yeah, true. Yeah. You're even, you're much closer to Thailand weird... than Mexico. So. Yeah. Yeah. Even we get a weird thing here that's called Tex-Mex. It's not Mexican food and it's not, you know, it's like a weird combination thing. I think we have that. Tex-Mex, one, yeah. It's like like locally. And Wayne Okay, this this is where we start getting into the more annoying Wayne, where I, f- I felt sorry for him in these chapters pretty heavily up till now. When he comes in, the guy asks for his hat, and he takes the bell as insurance for the return of his hat, which that part I don't mind as much. It's when he leaves the restaurant, returns the bell, takes his hat, and then takes the guy's cufflink also as like a penalty for how dare they take my hat and give me this broken bell in exchange. Yes, they gave you the bell. <laughs> so yeah that's that goes a step beyond trading into just uh, <laughs> he's like charging tax on his trades or something and i'm just like no yeah and also the belt did work it's just he wasn't using it properly yeah so we've got renette and jaxi who uh are very different types uh, she seems just, lovely jaxi seems very lovely with her white blonde hair and diamond breaths, she likes sparkles, it says. She is very upbeat and sweet and just, like, bubbly, and Renette is not. Yeah, she's the real kind of girl I hate. The one, the ones that shoot you? No, the bubbly kind. Oh, you'd rather have the, the girl that shoots you. Gotcha. Yeah, I'd rather have the sarcastic, embittered shrew. <laughs> and Wayne just walks in, sits down, and thumps his head down on the table, and Renette's like... Oh, delightful drama. Whereas Jax, he's like, Wayne, Wayne, are you all right? And Renesh is like, no, don't, don't humor him. Mm. I did have to wonder, it's like, so did, does Wax never get invited to these dinners? I guess not. Like, because I mean, they were all friends back out in the roughs, you know, like way back when. It's like, like, why does he never get invited? In fact, like, you know, Renette always liked Wax more than Wayne, which wasn't a whole lot, but it was something. Right. So yeah. like, it it seems weird that like like Renette agrees to keep having dinner with this guy and bring her girlfriend around this guy, considering the relationship they used to have. Mm. And you know, fortunately, Jaxie is just a lovely person and goes along with it. I feel like Renette probably yeah. does a lot of business with Wax. Like Wax in the previous books we've seen, like keeps getting stuff to test from her. So oh, they may true. they may interact in a different way regularly. Yeah. Also, you know what? Just to be fair, everything doesn't have to be about Wax. He doesn't have to get invited <laughs> to everything. That is true. It this, just seemed odd This to me. one thing is for Wayne. and As opposed to all the other things that are also for Wayne. Renette's not <laughs> great at cheering people up or anything, but her, her approach is, do you remember that time you got literally ripped in half by a cannonball? And Wayne's which, like, oh yeah, that was something. Which, who the fuck had a cannon in, in like the roughs? Right? I'm like, the, who are they fighting that had a cannon and aimed it and got Wayne right in through the midsection? Yeah, I feel like if you're close enough to a cannon to... Actually, no, those things can do pretty, like, massive damage at range, so what do I know? Uh, but, and Jax yeah. is just like, Maybe they were hurt? pirates. <laughs> <laughs> Rough pirates. Oh, they've Rough got, like, pirates, a pirate yeah. ship. But instead of a ship, it's a tank. Pirate tank. Ooh, okay. Pirate tank, yeah, pirate I like tank. it. They were they out in the roughs before cars, so I don't think... That's... Yeah, you're right about that. Land sea lions. I tame them. <laughs> I tame them, yes. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, no, no. It's um. There were giraffes out in the roughs, yeah? Yep. Giraffe-drawn chariot tank thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like a, I'll go for it. Like a souped-up version of like a trebuchet or something? Yeah, yeah. 
Like the giraffes just pull it around. There's a cannon hanging out the front. Wayne was trying to like he was actually trying to do the bit where he pretends he's a, a woman lost in the desert and he mm-hmm. wants like them to pick mm-hmm. him up and 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 they'll and they'll take him where they need to go and they're just like yeah fuck that and shot him. Yep, good, good, all good. And Wax is just like a, oh man, I can't believe he talked me into this. <laughs> Wayne's response to did it hurt is like well not as much as you think. I think my body was kind of confused. Not every day you're in two pieces. And sure. Renette. Renette says, fortunately, his metal mines were on the piece with his head. Otherwise, I, I also, whatever situation this this was, apparently Renette was there. So I don't know. Maybe it was Renette's cannon. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. She was <laughs> testing a cannon, and she really should have started a story. You remember when I shot you with a cannon that one time? <laughs> they were actually just on the firing range, and yeah. um, and Renette's just like, hey, Wayne, I want to try out a new gun that I've made. Um, Like, do you mind getting shot? And, you know, Wayne gets off on that kind of thing. He says he likes women right. who beat you up, so... He says, oh, yeah, yeah. beauty, I'm going to stand the other end of the rage. And then Renette just wheels out a cannon, and, wa- and Wayne's going, hmm, might regret this. <laughs> yeah. And he's, she's like, just make sure your metal mind's, like, you know, attached to the upper part of your body. And Wax is just like, did you actually need to test that? And Renette just went, nope, made me feel better, though. <laughs> nah, I knew it worked. It's fine. And then... We, we get Renette and Wayne commiserating about, like, oh, this place is so awful, like those outfits. And Wayne's like, I know, who, who thinks a rough-themed restaurant is a good idea? To be authentic, you'd have to have only stew on the menu. And then when people order it, you'd be out of stew and give them beans. It's true. <laughs> and so apparently they keep coming here because Jaxie likes it. And I, I love that Renette, the, the super rough and uh, really kind of cruel woman, is like, oh, my girlfriend really likes the place, so we'll go. I mean, why else would you go someplace? And Jaxie says to Renette, like, oh, about Wayne, like, he's one of your oldest friends. And Renette's response is only because he can't die, which is probably <laughs> true. Yeah. Not that he can't die necessarily, but just like if he could die as easily as most people, he would not be around. Yeah. And I, if she comes out and goes like, you know what? Actually, I'm kind of proud of you, Wayne. You're handling this in a relatively mature way. And he goes, this is mature. And she said, well, relatively. <laughs> And then Renette's like, I mean, I'm supposed to say, like, you'll find somebody better, right? But probably not true. I don't think you can find someone better than a faceless immortal. So <laughs> Jaxie's like, dude, stop. And so Jaxie's trying to comfort him. And I love Wayne's like, you're a good friend, Jaxie, even if you have terrible taste in women. And Renette goes, hey, you chased me for the better part of 15 years. And he's like, yeah, and how's my taste on average? And she has nothing to say to that. Like, oh, this is supposed to be a friendly meal, dude. That was mean. And so apparently they've been having dinner for years, and she's like, you've never hit on me once. You've really grown. Yeah, you haven't done this shit thing means means you're a good person. It's like, no, that's that's actually the bare minimum. She didn't say it meant he was a good person. <laughs> she said it meant he had grown. Yeah, she just which said that's grown. fair. I know, I know, I'm shit stern. <laughs> and, here, and, and the day where he has to deliver the money is coming up, and this is when they're like, oh... And it's like, Wayne, you know, we've been meaning to talk to you about this, actually. And she's like, why? Jaxie says, why do you insist on seeing her in person? And Wayne tries to say, like, you know, she enjoys punishing me. And Jaxie's like, I mean, does she really? Like, I've never known anyone as good as getting into other people's heads as you. How would you feel if you were her? And Renette's thing is, he's got the self-awareness of a half-eaten sandwich. He's not (laughs) going to be able to get this. And... He doesn't want to think about it that way. And Jaxie's like, I know that you can you can do this. You can see this from her perspective. And he's just like, I'm, I'm leaving. I've lost my appetite. I got to go. And this is when Renette gets that line. It's like he might not be as bad as I pretend, but he's not as good as you want to pretend either. And 
Renette probably has the most accurate view of Wayne. She's mean, but I don't think she's wrong necessarily. And I, I really don't think she's being all that mean. I think she's just she's just a blunt person. I think we know that about her almost from the get go. Like that's just how she talks. It's like mm. you know, it's like no, I, you know, he, he's not as bad as I say, but he's not as good as you think. Except that really he kind of is because he does succeed. It takes him a minute. He doesn't want to do it, but he eventually does look at it as Jaxie is proposing and he realizes that she's right. So maybe maybe yeah. I'm maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Renette does, doesn't have the most accurate view or maybe Wayne's just grown more than even that she she's given him credit for. But part of this also comes down to things which I think for so long Wax just didn't do was Wayne needed someone that he respected enough to listen to to actually make this case to him mm-hmm. so that he would take it on board. Yeah, and I I wish that like Wax or Marisai had had these conversations with him earlier and gotten him to listen, but well, yeah. I feel like Mar- Marisai would try earlier and it just wouldn't quite sink in. So, and I think Wax is such to an extent, maybe not anymore, but to an extent, Wax is somebody that will kind of just let himself be tortured by his past and his demons. That he's not he's not one that's gonna step out of his of that and be like. Wayne, you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't do that anymore. You're hurting her. Like, cause it, in his mind, he understand where Wayne's coming from when Wayne's doing that. Mm-hmm. And he's probably not thinking on it in as deep of level as, as Renette and Jaxie are. Well, I feel like we've seen Wax hint at this before. He's like, I mean, Wayne, you don't really have to take the money yourself. Like he's kind of tried to touch on it, but uh, we've never seen him get into it with Wayne about this. And I think probably Wax just doesn't think he'd listen. That's hard to say. But anyway, Wayne Wayne rushes out of the restaurant. He, he doesn't want to listen to this. And he runs right into those two bowler hat guys who are apparently just wandering the town looking for him. I don't know. And they say what is to me the most unbelievable line in the book, because I'm I, 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 I'm just like, this is not something anyone would ever actually say. This is something Brandon put in here to make a dramatic moment or whatever, where the guy is like, you have far too much money. <laughs> I like no accountant is ever going to say that. Yeah. I mean, what he says next where he's like, we got to talk about your investment strategy. Your lack of diversification is a crime. That is the kind of thing they would say. They're not going to be like, you have too much money, man. Like, I guess he just, they just needed to be a shorthand for why they were so intent on just catching him. And that was the easiest mm-hmm. way to say it. Yep. Okay. So we cut back to, to, to the, the crew back at the mansion doing some tests trellium and harmonium seem to repel each other like magnets like like magnets with the same charge which is kind of fascinating but also the trellium moves when wax just burns steel he doesn't even use it to push it he's just burning it and it that causes the trellium to move away from him so it has this this like inherent reaction to push away from I don't know if it's specifically like investiture associated with Skadriel or with Harmony, which because, you know, Alamancy is associated with preservation. Preservation is part of Harmony. So maybe the Trillium just reacts to that. Or maybe the Trillium would react to any other investiture. Like maybe if an Elantrian was here drawing Aeons, then the Trillium would do the same thing. I don't know. And Stara says, this is actually really useful. And it Wax immediately thinks like here, a mechanical way to see if someone is using Alamancy. This is like having a seeker in a box basically and the closer you get them together that you try to push them together the more they repel each other again like magnets and so here's where he's thinking like i'm gonna have to talk to harmony i don't like it but i gotta finish what i started so 
And here comes Alec with some more baked goods. In this case, as Joe said, I think he he's made chocolate chip cookies. They're, they're, Wax describes them as chocolate biscuits that are unlike Ellendale biscuits, which tend to be very hard. These are all mm-hmm. soft and gooey, and he's a big fan. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, yeah. I mean, there's nothing else for it. That's a chocolate chip cookie. That's what he's describing. <laughs> but we learn from Alec that another rule that you have to follow with Et Metal is not to have too much in one place or weird things start happening, which just begs the question where they're getting the stuff from. Like, I, you can't be mining it in big veins of it if having a bunch of it in one place causes things to happen. So, yeah, it's weird. I mean, it sounds like Wax, at least, is getting a lot of his from the Chondra. I thought that he was uh, Mary. I thought he was getting it through Marisai from, like, the south because Marisai's yeah. like, you didn't tell me why. You, I thought you kept needing more and more of it because you were building airships. Oh, yeah, I guess that's right. I thought, uh, for some reason in my brain, I thought he talked to Vendel about it, but maybe you're right. Maybe it was Marisai that he's talked to. Which is, it's also kind of weird. It's like, all right, if this is Harmony's metal, why is none of it in the area where Harmony's most active, and it's all down to the southern continent, which Harmony didn't really seem like he had much to do with? Well, I, I had that same question when I got here, and the only thing I can think is that we remember where Adium appeared, right? It's a half sin. It's a half sin. And we also know from from the sexy drifter that down in the pits of Hathsin somewhere was the perpendicularity that was used for for interstellar trade coming through Skadriel, right? Because yep. he says that when Kelsier destroyed the pits, he upended a whole mercantile eco- ecosystem. Yeah. So my guess is that Harmonium is located near Harmony's perpendicularity and that he didn't want the perpendicularity close to the basin because he didn't want uh, his people going out into the universe before they were ready for it or whatever. Which again, but like, it seems weird that Sazed would just like, all right, I don't want any of my people to go out into into the co- into the cosmere. What about all these other people that are right next to where you actually stuck it? Ah, fuck those people. Yeah, and that that's another question. I don't know if it's really close to them or if it just happens that they explore more and so they found it. Oh yeah, okay, that's a good point. Was that but, mapped? Uh, that was my guess at this point. There's really not a lot of place names down that way. All right, never mind. Moving on. Yeah, the map doesn't have like detailed information on the south. We talked about that a little bit last time. Or not last yeah, time, yeah. but when we first looked at the map. Yep. And then somebody's coming down the stairs, and Wax pulls out some bullets ready to attack whoever comes in with his uh, magical powers. And it's Vendel. And I love that it describes him as the type of person who whose entire being screamed, I fact-check people's jokes. Wax, you are married to one such person. Well, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> so don't be don't 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 be casting stones. You live in a glass house there. Yeah, bro. You better watch it. But Vendel brings with him an interesting uh, an interesting thing. He has a note that was found at the place where they captured those members of the set earlier today. And he says that Laymar or Lemar recovered it before the investigating constables should, could notice. Nurse like, wait, wait, you have Condra amongst the constables? And Vendel says, well, I mean, yeah, several. And she says, who? And Vendel says, well, I mean, so-and-so for one, Casaloo, whatever. And Nurse is like, well, I had lunch with her last week. And he says, yeah, she keeps an eye on you. She likes she, you. She didn't tell me. And he's like, I mean, should she have? Like, he doesn't understand why this is an issue. But, uh, you know, Condra have a different out- out- outlook on stuff. And so Alec tries to get him to eat a cookie. And Vendel's like, ugh, how horrible. 
I've told you, Master Alec, I'm a carrion feeder and strictly carnivorous. Okay, dude, if you don't like someone's cooking, that's one thing, but you don't then have to just, like, like, tell them it's shit to their face. You say it's like, oh, look, it's just not my thing. Like, that's all you gotta do. Don't be shitting on a dude's bacon. Yeah, how horrible was was a little far. I mean, being like, hey, look, I'm I only eat meat. That that's a good enough explanation. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just like, like if somebody's vegetarian, they're like, oh no, I don't want the steak. I'm vegetarian. Okay, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your food is bad, and you should feel bad. That's that's what <laughs> Vendel's trying to say, basically. Yeah. And then Vendel offers Alec some money for one of his masks. He's like, yeah, we've been talking about you guys, and we've decided that, like, the mask is it's just as integral to who you are as your hair or nails. Practically, it's part of your skeleton, so do you happen to have any for sale? And Alex is like, you're an odd man, yeah? And Vendel says, well, I'm not a man at all, but uh, whatever. This guy is like, I like him, but he cannot read the room. Yeah, I'm going to go out on a not a very long limb here. Uh, Vendel's a creep. <laughs> I think we, we had that talk when he was in the last book. He's just like, man, yeah. this guy's a like, yeah, so can I have your bones when you die? Like, uh, I've got Breeze's hands. Why? <laughs> yeah, why do I need to know that? I don't need to know whose hands you have. Come on, man. Like, then, why are you making it weird, dude? He he's getting he gets like a little bit uh, of of uh, of an attitude when Wax basically tells him, like, you can't take this trillium spike. I need to study it. And he says, unfortunately, I have no intention of recovering it. So we won't get to see if you could actually prevent me or not. And I'm just like, this is a bold, bold man, bold statement here. You're, you're in his room of explosions. <laughs> like, you know, he'll punch you into that safe box at the end of the room, just lock the door and leave you there for a while, see how you like it. And so here's the part that we talked about earlier where Vendel says, Palm's actions had nothing to do with the trillium spike. I mean, maybe that exacerbated her ailment, but it was a direct desi- result of her decision to remove one of her spikes. And Wax says, well, Harmony implied otherwise to me. And Vendel is just like, uh, so, yeah, what are you doing over here? The Kandra are liars. <laughs> I mean, their whole life is pretending to be some like other yeah, people. Yeah. That's kind of their thing. Her existence is deception and shame. And in the meantime, Wax has on the electrical heater, basically, the thing that heats stuff even hotter than the other one. He's got some harmonium set up. And he says, this is the closest that we've ever gotten to dividing harmonium up. And Vendel says, you can't divide harmonium as long as harmony remains harmony. Of course, he goes, I've explained this. And I was like, yeah, we've already established you're a fucking liar, so. No joke. And so he heats up the harmonium, and then the machine pulls the superheated nugget apart because it's all soft. It's not quite melted, but it's getting real malleable. And as you stretch it, something interesting starts to happen that they're noting. One side starts to look one way and the other side, like uh, as they describe it, the side on the left takes on some of the aspects of what they've been told loracium looks like. And the side on the right starts to turn into looking like a little bead of adium. And Steris says it's almost like it wants to divide and that it's like it's arranging itself to divide. And Wax says, I think this is why Harmonium is so unstable. Harmony has trouble acting because his aspects are work against each other. And Vendel's like, no, no, he's in equilibrium. There's a difference. And Wax says, it's inc- I'm increasingly certain we face a god who isn't hindered by this that kind of equilibrium. Whoever Trell is, we got to do something. We cannot wait for Harmony. And so Wax is thinking, we know that the Trellium like pushes against the harmonium pushes against investiture from harmony in general. So what if we stretch it apart to this point where it's 
almost two different metals. But if we divide it normally, then when it cools, you'll just have two pieces of harmonium. What if we use the trellium to try to divide it while it's at its like furthest point when it's almost these two different metals? And Alex like, um, what are the chances that this blows up? And Steris goes, I mean, considering that there's harmonium involved, incredibly likely. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're probably going to blow up a little bit. It's fine. And Wax is like, it's just a little piece. How much energy could there possibly be? Which isn't is that's just asking for trouble when you say shit. Like that. <laughs> and Alex's like, so I think that we should all go far away, right? <laughs> and Wax says, it's fine. I'll rig it up on a timer. We'll all go upstairs. It'll all be good. This this basement super reinforced. We're putting it in the explosion box. It's good. And Maris is like, I mean, we could just have the conjure do it. They're basically indestructible. <laughs> He's just like, hey, 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 wait the fuck a minute. <laughs> He's like, basically is infinitely distant from completely miss combs so <laughs> i believe you have a corpse for me which this is great i can't see, wait to see him working out in the field rather than being mission control right yeah and so uh as we close the box up wax sets a timer and we're like so what about that note and marisai talks about the masked figure that we saw earlier and she must have left this note and what the note says is we are watching marisai and we are impressed and it has a symbol at the bottom with three interlocking diamonds that looks vaguely familiar, but Wax does not think he's seen the symbol before. Creepy. Wait for the X-Files thing to kick in. And so she asked, or Wax asked Vendel if he's seen the symbol, and Vendel says, that is a question I am forbidden to answer, forbidden by Harmony himself. I suggest you speak to him directly. And then Alec makes some statement about Harmony being a false god, and everyone kind of glares at him. And then uh, while they're not doing anything else, Vendel's like, hey, uh, Wax, have you reconsidered selling me your any? Nope, not for sale. My bones are not for sale. Uh, you, you can't blame a person for inquiring such a fine skeleton. And then the explosion shakes the whole building. Chandeliers rattling, a window cracking, dishes falling. And Maris says, like, geez, they probably felt that in the next octant. And uh, Alex says, well, at least we planned for it this time, right? And then Steris has a line that I don't feel sounds like Steris. I feel like they gave Marisai's line to Steris here. He's always, always playing for an explosion around Wax. It saves a ton of effort. I don't think we've ever seen her call him Wax before. Yeah, like that does seem like a Marisai line, especially like it saves a ton of effort. Like for yeah. some reason, I don't, I don't see um, Steris using the word ton. Yeah. Or not in that slang term, at least. Agreed. But that's the end of this chapter. Wax pulls open the door. He's going to go down the stairs and we switch back to Wayne for our final chapter where he is at call and son and daughters accounting in a state, which seems a weird name to me. Call and son and daughters. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I mean, it and doesn't he, roll off the tongue very well. And he, he, he thinks of these guys as tall, boring guy and short, boring guy. And they're trying to convince him to have less risky investments. We recommend you a balanced portfolio. And Wayne's like, how much money have I got? And they say over 20 million. It's like, honestly, if he's got that much money, it seems like he's in the perfect position to make some risky investments. It's You're not wrong. I'm, I mean, you probably don't want all of your investments to be risky, but, you know, they, they want to balance him out a little bit. And he goes, I told you to give it to people what don't have any houses. And they're like, yeah, and your affordable housing project was wildly successful. How you anticipated the impending subsidies, subsidies is a stroke of <laughs> – and he goes, what about that girl with the plugs in the walls? It's like, oh, yeah, I mean, the Miss Tarcell's electronic devices are at the forefront of your financial empire. Profits are astronomical. And Wayne's just like, you guys need girlfriends. And then they're like, oh, no, we, we both have girlfriends. Garacel's quite popular, I have to say. You have no idea how wild lady accountants can be. Why, the other night? And he's Whoa. like, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> Yeah, that's more information than any of us need, dude. <laughs> also, like, let's just call him short 
awkward guy because short boring guy i don't think he's that anymore apparently not okay it's like do i want to know this no am i bored no (laughs) (laughs) and so wayne finally is like okay he realizes he's gonna have to deal with this give me one of those hats so he can get into the mindset of uh of a money guy and they've used they've he doesn't have a last name so they have written down terrace born as his family name which that's kind of interesting i never really thought about whether wayne had a last name before i guess it's pretty sure he must have had one, but maybe he just forgot it after he ran away. You know, after, yeah. After his parents died. Or there may be a lot of family in the roofs that just didn't have him. Yeah. And while he's looking at this, he's like, you, you got my Bendeloy, right? And they bring out the, a giant sack of Bendeloy, enough to buy two or three cars, it says. <laughs> it's like, why is he he's... stealing it from the fucking police station then? He's got heaps of it. Uh, because it's Wayne. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, what I think... It, this kind of goes back to where earlier Maris is like, I'm so proud of you, Wayne, for like conserving what the, the department gives you. And it's just, no, he's, he takes his allotment from the department, but he has his own. So he's not conserving at all. And she yeah. just thinks that he is. And she's like, I'm so proud of you. I never thought about that, but thought about it that way. And so he pulls out of his pocket a flyer for recruiting for the boys, boys for a local noseball league. Noseball. Noseball. And he does say before the end of the chapter that they should change the name, which is I agree. <laughs> yeah, like how'd you even get it to start with? Football and handball makes sense because that's the that's the part of the body you hit the ball with. <laughs> Who the fuck is smacking a ball with their nose? Maybe it's you know it's all the rage, the nose hitting. Yeah, do they have They've like all got broken noses? <laughs> no, no, it's yeah. like yeah, that's that's Actually, my point. You know, nose guards. Nose, so maybe they have to run around with these like metal nose guards on all the time. Could be. Yeah. And so Wayne's plan is to create a citywide league of like professional noseball. They're going to build stadiums. They're going to equip them with professional equipment. They're going to set up each octant with their own team so that people can channel their hatred for other people in a controlled manner. And it takes a while for these guys to understand what he's saying until uh like he's like everyone can pick their favorite team and hate all the other teams in a right proper way and he, the guy and the guy's like okay so like local clubs but on a citywide scale and Wayne's like yeah i mean people love their local teams so we can do something good we can charge people a bit to get in the door to you know help pay for the stadium the arenas or whatever everyone enjoys something more when they have a monetary stake in it and now they're starting now that they're they're figuring out how to make money off of it. They're like, oh, OK, no, this isn't this is an idea. Monetization of the rivalries between the octants. We shall put our best people on this. And he's like, nah, put your worst people on it. They'll know more about loafing. <laughs> Which can you imagine that conversation? It's like, uh, yes. Now, Mr. Wayne Terraceborn has personally requested you for this assignment. Oh, my God. He must have such faith in me. Y- yeah. Yeah, totally. That's. He has faith in something. He did say, yeah, he said you're really good at one thing. <laughs> uh, and that was the kind of thing he was looking for. So, yes, in that way, he has faith in you. <laughs> and I like in his head, he's thinking, this is the idea that will finally bankrupt me, right? This is a stupid idea. <laughs> I can't let Wax or even worse, Marisai find out that I'm rich. I'd never hear the end of it. Wax knows. In the last book, he said, like, oh, yeah, Wayne's, like, the richest guy in town or something. Well, I I think it was the book before that where he's just, like, I mean, you're super rich. You got all that aluminum from us capturing the the Vanishers because we got a big reward from that. I don't know that he knows that Wayne invested in any way and that he didn't just spend it all on something. Oh, I could have sworn he mentioned something about 
about Sophie Tarsell in the last book as well. I don't recall that, but you could be right. I might have just forgotten. Mm. And so uh, now they're like, okay, so there's other stuff that we want to talk to you about. Uh, what about the provisions of your trust? We'd like to talk about the more unusual oh. ones you've made. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Hang on. Go back. There's the bit where like he talks about, now let's discuss the beating of servants and how it's not so bad for them. And one of the guys <laughs> says, like, should we should we really be looking into that? And Wayne's like, no. Uh, they're like, do you really want us to investigate using more corporal punishment on your staff? And Wayne goes, nah, being in the army stinks. <laughs> Corporal. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Wayne. But this this part frustrated me to no end where they're like, we want to talk about the unusual provisions in your trust. He's like, nope, next. I'm like, but I want to know. And they're like, your current housing situation? Nope, next. I'm like, but I want to know where he's living. Like, come on. Have you yet confirmed with Waxillium that he understands he signed away likeness rights to you in that deal? Nope, next. What deal? Why does Wayne have Wax's likeness rights? <laughs> I guess for maybe like some stories and newspapers or something, and they're gonna like make art. <laughs> Wayne's you know, a like cartoonist just now. Yeah, or he, not he's not, but you know he's hiring somebody to write stories about them. Yeah. What what deal did Wayne convince Wax to sign without reading oh, and understanding it? Is no, the you know what it is. He's got he's gotten someone to ghostwrite their adventures in the roughs in the style of Alamance Jack, and Wax has no idea, and Wayne oh. is gonna like. He's like, because he, he'll have final approval of the product. He'll read the story and it's gone, nah, not enough, like, boneheaded decisions from Wax where I come in and save the day from his incompetence. Like, we need to go back and fix this. And the writer's like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Anything you say, Mr. Terrace Bourne. And then we find out that Wayne has a fleet of cars, and there's a new car out. Don't you want that new one, too? It has no top. You could drive and spit into the wind if you wanted. And he's like, damn, that's nice. Get me one of those. Yeah, they know Wayne. Oh, God. And so here is where he finally he's, he's thinking about what Jaxie said, and he starts to try to get into Alreandri's head. And he understands instantly that what he's doing is not what she wants. And he tells the guy, I need you to set up a delivery for me, some money to be paid to a young woman every month. She has her own kids now. She needs the cash on time. And the guy's just like, oh, no, yeah, I get it. A lot of our clients have stuff like that they need to do. Just we'll handle it with discretion. And the guy's like, and Wayne's like, why? Why is he saying it that way? He doesn't realize that this guy thinks that uh, this is his mistress and maybe his <laughs> illegitimate child that he's trying oh, to no. steal. <laughs> and that's the end of our chapters. So it's. it's I hadn't actually put together that that's what the guy thought. <sighs> Apparently, oh, yeah, a lot no, of their clients. Immediately, when he's like, oh, yes, we have a lot of clients with similar needs. We'll handle it with discretion. As soon as you say similar needs and discretion, it's like, oh, yeah, mistress. I must have just been having a. <laughs> a, a bonehead. I, I was too far in Wayne's head. Like I was also just completely missed the implication there. So yeah, we've had some interesting stuff. Let's let's get into predicaments. And I think one thing that you guys absolutely have to predict is what's going to be the result of that explosion in the basement, since that's clearly where we're going to be going next. But other than that, what, what do you have? What are where are we going with this story? What's happening next? Um, I hadn't thought about what the explosion is going to be, but uh, fuck it, let's call it a perpendicularity that's just opened up in his cellar. There's gonna be dudes just strolling in from from the Shades Mar or whatever. It's like at the door they set up like a passport desk and Alec just checks people in as they come through. And it's like, and uh, what is your business on Skadrial? Uh, okay, oh, I want that now. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, so I don't have a lot of small predictions, but I've got a big one. Like I said, I put together sort of a mini story in my head of things. So I guess I'll just I'll just jump straight into that. So this is all about Trell and what he's after. So 
uh, let's start with uh, the reason I think Trell has is here. Uh, Trell was following Hoyd across the Cosmere. Oh. He's got a grudge on Hoyd, and um, he somehow found out that the guy likes to hang out on Skadrial. So he's just like, oh, beauty, I know that place. That's where my old friend Ruin set up shop. I'll go down, and maybe we can hunt Hoyd together. And then he gets there, and he finds Ruin's gone, and instead there's this guy Harmony in his place, and he's like, well, what the fuck? So um, he decides, all right, I'm going to take this place over in the memory of my friend whose planet this actually was. Hoyd clued into that, so he, so Hoyd started subtly arming Wax, Harmony's top agent, against Trell and, and like foiling all of Trell's plans. Now Trell is frustrated. He's like, all right, fuck it. I'm going to do what Ruin wanted and blow this place the fuck up. And that's why his plan has stuff like the Ash Mounts and Civil War and everything and all the stuff that Ruin was ma- was exploiting to try and blow the place out. He's trying to like do Ruin's work for him. And his, and his reasoning is, well, you know, if I blow this planet up, hopefully I'll take out Hoyd in the process. So that's what I think is happening. And here's where I think it's going. Let's well, think though. I'm probably hopelessly wrong in all of this, but... Uh, I'm talking end of the book stuff, so just ignoring most of what we read anyway. Fuck it. Um, <laughs> yeah, so let's let's fast forward to the end of the book, Trell and Harmony's confrontation, which is ba- it's the, you know, the the god fight. Uh, Harmony obviously won't want to fight because that's not his thing. So Trell tries to push him into it. It ultimately just comes down to he like Trell misses his friend and blames Harmony for it, and he's lost sight of why he came here for Hoyd. Like he's actually just like pissed about the whole ruin situation. So, he, and he's lashing out at Says because Says is the only one left who was directly involved, or at least, you know, that he thinks is the only one left. Because then, as they're fighting, all of a sudden, another faction's going to rock up. I think this is the faction who, like, left a note for Marisai. I don't think it's the Malwish anymore. That note makes me think otherwise. I think this is Kelsier coming back, because we know from the, the epilogue of the last book that Kelsier is... Well, I mean, we know from secret history that Kelsey is out there, but he's got a vested interest in this place. So I think Kelsey is going to rock up when Sazed and Trell are fighting, and Kelsey will actually take Harmony's power to either kill Trell or boot him off the planet. And so in doing so, Sazed will die and Kelsey will take the Shard's powers and he'll have both again. So not just mm. preservation, he'll have ruins as well. And then he's going to go and try and take Trell's power but Hoyd is going to steal it first and just run off into the Cosmere. And so Kelsia, very single-minded guy, he's going to, he's going to um, pursue Hoyd just like Trell was doing. And then that's going to set the scene for Era 3 of Mistborn. Skadriel has no shards at all. There are faceless immortals out there who, like, you know, God doesn't talk to them anymore. The Metalborn generations are sort of thinning out as the bloodlines dilute. And, um, and people are just like, uh, what the fuck, like, any shard who wants to can just come and conquer this place. And then like the epilogue, because there's like seven epilogues of this book. Yep. Yeah. Well, like the, the last one is going to be a dog walking down to this cave. It's going to be 10 soon. And he just looks up at the most powerful man on the planet says, all right, well, like everyone's like the shards, are, like says is gone. The gods are gone. You're the most powerful man on the planet. You need to take control of this shit. And Marsh just goes, all right, fine. I'm gonna lead my people. End of book. Wow. This is a very interesting story you've come up with. I like I like how personal it is about Hoyd and then about like like my old buddy Ruin. I mean he's gone. I like I like the idea it's like Trell has come to get Hoyd, but then in the process completely forgot that whole like sort of things because he's so pissed off. And then at the very end that comes back in because Hoyd just like oh yoink see ya. <laughs> Hoyd has been hanging around this planet for a while, so yeah, being Wax's chauffeur for some reason. Yeah. 
So okay. like, I don't know where any of this story came from, but it just got like the wheel started spinning in my head sometime this week, and I thought, "Ooh, I like this." I'm probably hopelessly wrong, but I kind of like this anyway. So let's just let's just run with it. Swing for the fences. I like that you brought in this mysterious note that we got because that was another thing I was going to ask you guys: is what do you think is going on with this? So you think that that this is some sort of like team, like Kelsier has put together an A team and they have their own like logo and everything, and that's what that's about. Yeah, well, and also, like, Wax says, like, oh, I don't think I've seen that before, but it's familiar somehow. So I was like, well, that, that's got to make it tied into Skadrial history somehow. I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, maybe it's maybe it's Kelsey's thing. Maybe it was in Death's book. Who knows? I put the symbol in our uh, in our chat if you guys want to look at it. And uh, I it may even look familiar to you for some reason. I don't know. Well, we can, you can you can see that looks like the fucking Mitsubishi cars logo. <laughs> You're not wrong. I don't think that's why it's familiar to Wax, though. <laughs> wow, yeah, Mitsubishi car. Sweet. <laughs> oh, no, Kelsier is an auto empire guy. <laughs> it's actually the, this this new car company that Wayne is investing in. It's going to be Mitsubishi, <laughs> and they're behind the note. But you, this is a very – this is a good story that you developed, and uh, I want to – I want it to happen. I want us to follow along. And as we go through the book, every single point that Dak has brought up is going to turn out to be accurate. <laughs> no, it won't. Oh, that, I'll be, be amazing. lucky if I get one thing right out of the billion <laughs> I've just thrown out. Uh, okay. No, I, I like how much thought has gone into this. That You just got this fully developed story in your head. Thanks. It leaves out pretty much all of our actual main characters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't think about that, but you're right. It kind of does. <laughs> they're all going to be like secondary players in this book somehow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm assuming like, obviously they will have to guide the conflict and everything, but yeah, it's just cause you know, we're still so involved with Sazed and he's the holdover from the last books. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, Sazed and Marsh and Kelsier, they're all, hold- although we haven't actually seen Kelsier in person in era two. So who even knows if he's hanging around the planet any longer? Yeah, True. How long how long ago was that memory that Wax saw? Do we know? I don't think we know, but it seemed I, I felt like the implication was it wasn't long after the uh the catachondra where the because they were all freezing to death from the cold of the planet having moved. Uh, and so yeah. if it was very long, I felt like they would have all died already, basically. So that means he and he and Spook must have got to work pretty quickly then. Right. That that seems to me like, like, yeah, he rocked he rocked up still with a spike in the eye and everything. So they really kicked things into gear to get him back on the mortal plane. Yeah. And, you know, still get there in time to stop them freezing to death. So, yeah, that's that that's what I assume. I guess we can maybe we'll get more information in this book. Yeah. Okay. good, good. Joe, what do you got? My big prediction, I feel like I, I, I really had a whole big thing last week and, and this week I don't have as much except to say that another big prediction I have going forward in the book, because because the prologue's about Wayne, because Wayne's going through a lot, there's a lot of Wayne-centric development. Mm-hmm. And, and then specifically the mention of the trust that Wayne uh, has going on. My guess is that by the end of the book, Wayne is going to have passed, uh, uh-huh. that he will die in some way. Especially because they keep mentioning, I feel like they keep mentioning the metal mind thing and how it has to be like in a certain position or he could die. Yeah, uh, it comes I, up I think with it's that, that conversation with Renette. Yeah. Yeah, great. and I think it was mentioned. I think Marisai mentioned it also before during their fight. Like, yeah, their because 
you you had that moment where you're just like this is a weird thing for her to be just thinking about like you wouldn't yes. actually be thinking this in the middle of this fight yeah exactly so yeah. i think these are little seedlings and little foreshadowings especially since the prologue is is about wayne i feel like brandon's been making the prologues mean quite a bit in each of the era two books and so for that reason i think there's enough foreshadowing kind of going on to warrant the idea that maybe wayne is not going to survive uh all the way through this book either that or if he does survive he's going to like disappear completely maybe he'll go off world with Malon, but for whatever reason for whatever reason he's going to leave and and be gone maybe he fakes his death whatever it is so that whatever's going on with his trust will take place and things will be set in motion and he'll have left like a vast empire behind for somebody else to take care of or whatever that is what i'm guessing just because of all the little nuggets of things that have been going on in the book so far about wayne that uh, it's very possible that he won't he won't make it through the book that's probably Hmm. the biggest thing i've got going on right now in my brain i i I would still find it very interesting if if trell was actually still somehow a part of harmony but I, i i feel like that theory holds less and less weight i did i did find it interesting and maybe this is the same with all the god medals and we just don't know but i did find it interesting that like the trell has the same if you want to call it magnetic charge as as harmonium mm-hmm. and so like m- me me thinking about that i thought well maybe there is something to the fact that they're actually two parts of the same thing but you know i i don't know for sure it's uh it's a whole thing so but yeah uh that's pretty much all i got this week i like this idea that brand i mean and i agree there seem to be like kind of hints the like definitely discussions about like points being brought up relating to potential death of wayne you you called out foreshadowing in several places and we're not even we're 23 percent of the way into this book and we've got like three or four different instances of foreshadowing but i, I like this idea that we're going to get foreshadowing of that and then It'll turn out that like he faked his death and he's going off into the Cosmere with Melon because if you're gonna <laughs> if you're gonna send somebody out there with the Contra, Wayne Wayne is the perfect choice, right? Sure, he can disguise himself. <laughs> he can disguise himself, pick up accents, pick up yeah, you know yeah, he'd be a great person to go out and kind of uh, explore things. We've decided Scadrial's ambassador to the Cosmere will be Wayne. That <laughs> guy. When you put it like that, it sounds like it might be a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, he's going to have somebody to rein him in. The yeah. the only person better disguising themselves would be a Chandra or maybe Hoyt. We know he he looks all all sorts of weird different ways. So. Mm-hmm. 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 So, mm-hmm. Okay. mm-hmm. There, there's our two possibilities. Wayne's going to die. Wayne's going to appear to have died and then fake his death. Or watch, it's all just one big boondoggle to draw you from the fact that, like, Wax and Steris die instead. Yeah, they yeah. actually die, and then Wayne becomes the the father of all the the godfather yeah, of all those Wayne, children. Wayne has oh, to Jesus. take over raising Max and and Tindwill. <laughs> Maylon gets called back to act as the mother figure. She's like, "What the? F- <laughs> I'm gone for five minutes, and this shit happens." She's like, "I did not sign up for this." <laughs> okay. Well, speaking of uh, of future reading, which uh, uh, what's going to happen next? For next time, we're going to read. Four more chapters, and uh, it's kind of a shorter number of chapters than we've been doing, but mostly because chapter 19 is about half of the total length of these four chapters. It's a longer chapter. So 17, yeah, 17, 18, 19, and 20. And 
19 is the last chapter of part one of the book. So we're going to move into part two next time. Woo! And that is part two of, I believe there are five. Wait, let me check. Are there three parts? There's only three parts. There's three parts and the epilogues. So part two of three. So four, yeah, four chapters for next time. In the meantime, we have, we, we've run kind of long. I think I may just do a couple of these emails and we've got two new reviews and we've got two new patrons. So let's start with those before we move into the first one is actually a three-star review from Canada. So uh, we'll, we'll go over it, but Joe, right. doesn't, we'll Joe just, doesn't have to uh, hand out anything yep. for this one. No, no, uh, you don't get the, you don't get the misting if you not do five star. That's the thing. So this one is from Rain Nay of Canada. It says, good discussions, three stars, day one listener, and I really enjoyed the discussions from first time readers. Have to take two stars away, though, because the host, Data, is a bit pretentious and sometimes, knowingly or unknowingly, creates narratives for the others to follow. He needs to moderate more more organically without influencing the newcomers. Also, he's really bad at pronunciations. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Uh, He's not, or he or she, is not wrong that if you go by the audiobook, which many people do, I do not pronounce the names the same way because I never read, listened to the audiobook, so I have no idea how the audiobooks pronounce them. So all I have is the pronunciations that are in my brain, and that is why I say Marisai when I believe the correct pronunciation is Marassi or something like that. And, Dak, you've listened to some of the audiobook. Maybe you know. Uh, no, the audiobook pronounces it Marisai. Marisai, okay. And uh, when we first started reading Era 2, there were several people very upset with uh, how I pronounce it. And then because I pronounce it that way, you guys kind of took that on, regardless of what you thought the first time reading it through. I started saying it that way, so you guys just mm. went with it. And, uh, yeah. and uh, no, I'll, I'll say, I can't speak for Jamie, but definitely when we started reading Alloy of Law, I heard I thought Marisai before you did before you brought it up. So good to know I'm not the only I thought, one, at least. I thought Marisai... Um, myself, when you said Marisai, I was kind of like, oh, that's fine too. But that, if, if somebody, Marisai, sorry. Yeah. If, if somebody had told me Marisai, Marisai, or what, what was the one you said originally data? Uh, Marasi. If somebody yeah, said, I've heard that. if somebody said Marasi to me, I'd be like, you're, you're, I'm sorry, you're wrong. That's not <laughs> how you say that name. Uh, so see, I don't, I don't, even though I've heard some people say it, apparently I still didn't have the right one from the audiobook. So I'm, I'm, I'm right. bad, at, I'm bad about that because, like I said, I've never listened to the audiobooks, so I just have, I've read these books for years, and I have how I've always said it in my head, which includes saying "sazed" instead of as I think Dak mentioned earlier that even Brandon says like "sazed." But I mean, and, th- yeah, it'll happen with any book that you read sure ever. i mean i remember when i was a kid first time i read the harry potter books i thought it was pronounced hagrid not hagrid <laughs> yeah i did too i thought it was hagrid i thought it was hermione and i thought it was uh dumbledore <laughs> so yeah but i got i got a lot of flack when we first started reading this on like the discord and stuff from people like no you're like breaking my brain saying it that way stop it and I'm like, it's not gonna stop. I'm sorry. There's, it's, I've been, I've been reading these books too long to change my pronunciation now. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. If, again, if you say Marassi, you're, you're wrong. I'm sorry, <laughs> listeners, if, if it hurts you when I say them differently than how you've heard them or how you said them. But uh, you know, we, yeah. we all have There's, our own thing. Has Brandon released a statement on like pronunciations for his books at all? Because I know George R. R. Martin just does not give a shit. He's like, you, you come yeah. up with what's comfortable for you i've heard Brandon i think i think we've had this discussion that, yeah we, we, we probably have 
I've heard Brandon say it's like there is a correct pronunciation. Like, for instance, when we were in the Final Empires, when we discussed it, because those names are supposed to be like French-ish and like Kelsier's name was actually like Kelsier or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. But Brandon has always been like, you just you pronounce it the way that's comfortable, that makes sense for you, because even he says Kelsier. So even though he knows how, that it's, okay, that's not yeah. the way it's supposed so to be pronounced. So if the author is OK Kelsier. with you coming up with whatever pronunciation, I feel like anyone else should be. Uh, but sure. Yes. So, sorry to our but Canadian again, reviewer uh, if, it, if it hurts when I Mar- say it wrong. <laughs> yeah. But again, uh, Morassi, you're wrong. Sorry. Uh, so thank you for your review. Uh, the other one that we have is from Noah Sturba. This is a United States one. It says exactly what I was looking for. First time Sanderson reader, and this is exactly what I was looking for to supplement the reading of his books. Y'all are great fun, insightful. The only thing is so far I'm loving the first Mistborn so much. It's hard for me to only read two chapters at a time. Looking forward to following along with all that comes next. So this is somebody following along on our on the on the wow. final empire. That's impressive. Yeah, well lucky for you. I mean, the show's been out long enough at this point that if you're in that first book, you don't have to wait. You can just read and listen and then read and listen. But so, Noah, it may be a long time before you get here, and you have no idea at that point even that we're probably that we're doing this for reviews. But go ahead, Joe. <laughs> give him a mistake. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that was, a, that was a great review, man. Uh, you're going to be one of my favorite, favorite names for a, a misting, and that is a smoker. There you go. Smoke nice. it up. Smoke them if you got them. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you both for your reviews. Uh, you know, and I've, I've always said, if you guys have any negative feedback that you want to give any sort of feedback, I will always welcome it. I as as in this case, I may not always take it and make changes based on it, but I'm always happy to hear what people are thinking. So I'm, I, I can't. It's too late for me to change my pronunciations, although I will say I have I have been working hard for when we get to Stormlight to try to pronounce them the way that they're supposed to be pronounced, because there's a couple of names in there that I have always said wrong and that I'm like, I will try to fix them for when we get there. Like there's a, a, a hearing random names shouldn't be a spoiler for you guys, but there's a guy named like Adeline or that's how I pronounce it. And it's, it's supposed to be Adeline. And so I'm like, I'm going to fix that. There's a person uh, whose name is, uh, is I've always said Jasna because it begins with a J, but the J is actually supposed to make like a yaw sound. So it's like, it's Yasna. And so I've been working recently in my brain on saying those as I'm reading through there in the way that they're supposed to be said so that when the show gets there, it'll upset people less. So I, in, in contrast to what I just said about how I can't change, I'm, I've actually been trying a little bit. Are these characters in book one? Yes. Of they Stormlight? Are, yeah, they are characters in the first book of Stormlight. OK, cool. Hmm. Well, there you go. Uh, OK. And so we also have two new patrons. Let me bring up our patrons. We have one new patron at the Shard of Adonalsium level. Also someone who recently joined our uh, our Discord as well. And uh, I think I think also sent us an email that we're gonna potentially read here. So this person's getting a lot of uh, a lot of play today. The, All I, right. It is pronounced and the email gave me instructions on how to pronounce this, so I'll try to get it right. It is Aldhad, I think. Cool. All right. Well, uh, say say the name one more time for me. Aldhad. Aldhad. Uh, you're a wind whisperer. You store those senses. So yeah, this is uh, apparently it's a. Uh, let me let me go to, back to the email and see if I can. Yeah, so it's a it's a Czech name, 
and it it's spelled here A-L-D-C-H-A-D. And they pointed out to me, it's like, there's no sound in English that sounds quite like R-C-H, but if you pull up Google Translator, you can hear it in there. And so that's what I did, and I believe that it's how the pronunciation came across. So thank you, Altyad, for supporting us on Patreon. And the other one is uh, a Ska-level backer, Sirius3100. It's spelled like Sirius Black, Sirius not 3, like Sirius. Sirius. Uh, yeah, that's another name in Harry Potter. When I first read it, I, I thought it was Cyrus. Just because I'd never heard the name Sirius, so even though it had an extra I in there, I thought maybe it was pronounced Cyrus. But yeah, I would definitely say that you, Sirius, are a sparker. Hmm. Okay, so then let's do, we have several emails, but I think maybe what we'll do is hit one or two of them, because this is actually a pretty long one, because we are, we're running long today. Yeah. So this is the one that I mentioned, uh, it's from Aldhyad. And uh, it says, Hi, hey, Dak, Jamie, Master Joe, and Data. And then in parentheses, I guess it's clear who's my favorite. <laughs> uh, they, he, he, or they like you, Joe, is what I'm taking from that. They they like me. They really like me, huh? Master. <laughs> I wonder what kind of master I am. I'm definitely not a Jedi master. I, I wish. That'd be awesome. Mate, you're, you're a mate, you're maester, like like in Final Fantasy X. No, I don't want to be that either. <laughs> those, guys are, those guys are fucked up, man. They're uh, dead guys trying to trying to date all our live chicks. First off, please excuse my English as it's not my native language. Second, hey guys, I finally caught up. It took me about a month. I listen at work, but it's finally here and what a crazy ride it was. So I've decided to celebrate by emailing. I would love to wholeheartedly thank you all for being so awesome. Your commentary and theories never fail to entertain. And at those times when you spot a plot twist coming from miles away, it makes me curse very profoundly because for me, the twists are the best part of every Brandon book. But I'm aware that you're not all inclined to think the same way. When Jamie first came up with her Lord Ruler is Rorschach theory, I had to stop the car I was currently driving and breathe for a few minutes to calm myself down. Anyway, much as Quan, I find myself prone to ramble. So I will end this email with two not entirely defenses, but maybe partially excuses for what are some of the for me, are some of the best Cosmere characters, the Lord Mistborn and Wayne. Okay, maybe not Spook, but Wayne's definitely up there. <laughs> it's, so it says, for Spook, I would like to offer my perspective on his little hemallergy mishap. My first assumption Ooh. always was Ooh. that what he had in mind was something akin to organ donating. Sir, I'm sorry, but you're dying and won't see the light of morning. Would you be willing to pass your powers on so they don't die with you? I know it's still a bit icky, but if I was that guy, I'd probably say yes, even more so if I had some debilitating illness and wanted to be released from sh the shackles of my body. As for his book, I had a feeling that the copy given to Marisai by Marsh was the only copy and set and the set discovered hemallergy on their own. In my humble opinion, it's not the concept of hemallergy that's evil, but the method that you choose to use it may, might very well be. But hey, like Master Joe will probably say, that's my opinion. Wrong, but my opinion... <laughs> Okay, we'll pause there for a second. What do you guys think of of, uh, of this and the Spook hemorrhage? Uh, of of all the things Spook has done that I disagree with and 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 don't agree with, I, I wouldn't say the hemorrhage thing is at the top of my list. So his perspective on that is completely, uh, you know, it's an interesting take. It's valid. I don't know that we have really any proof that that is the case. It's you know, it's a it's an interesting idea. But yeah, I mean, as far as that goes. That's not the worst thing Spook's ever done, so I'm not I'm not <laughs> as concerned about that. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I get where he's coming from. I guess we just don't have enough context around it. Like the the organ donor thing sounds all right, but part of it's also like, eh, it's kind of just if they haven't already signed up for that. Like, do they have a uh, you know a, a spiking provision written into their will or something? Yeah, spike me up. 
on, <laughs> you've got you've got a spike a uh, little symbol on your driver's license so they know that you're a donor. <laughs> yeah. I also wonder like how quickly after death is that investiture leave, you know? Mm. But it might be pretty instant. Yeah, I, I, maybe, maybe it's like it's it's like Kelsier's cognitive shadow hanging around. Like the more you're invested, the longer it takes. <laughs> yeah, like, quite possibly. The, the shadow's just up there looking around. Says comes to greet him. It's like, all right, we're gonna like gonna move you on. He's like, hey, hey, what are they doing to my body? Hmm? Oh, don't don't look at that. Yeah. Is that a spike? <laughs> <laughs> don't no, it's it's better if you don't. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you don't want to see that. Look, you signed the contract. Okay. I wonder if I wonder if you would see something like that. Like, does it affect the cognitive shadow if uh, they start jamming a spike? It, like, if that is yeah. your soul and they're ripping a part of your soul off with the spike, does like that right. shadow like go? Oh, oh, that hurts! What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I would imagine that it's quite painful. They're probably like, oh god, I didn't realize it was gonna be like this. No. Yeah. <laughs> but we we don't know for sure that the cognitive shadow is like your soul. That's just one theory. Yeah, it's true. Okay, and then. The next paragraph, as for Wayne, as we previously state, as was previously stated by someone, Wayne cannot help himself. And from what I get from him, he thinks all his trades are fair. Wax doesn't use this hat, so he won't mind if I take it. And as a bonus, I'll leave him this Rustin nice rat. Like Jamie said, he doesn't understand the sentimental or monetary value as demonstrated by trading aluminum for a book in Alloy of Law. As for him ruining the wedding, yeah, kind of a git move. But in the end, it worked out, as you guys said. He may be spared stairs from being humiliated. Still a git move, to be clear. And for his pursuit of Renette, again, he can't take a hint. Again, not saying he isn't being a creep there, but in my mind, it's still better than sneaking up on girls and analyzing their melancholies. Not saying <laughs> Renette is completely okay with him being the way he is. On the other hand, if he got too far for her, I don't think even his mother, poor soul, would be able to identify the remains. Yeah. You know, on a, on a scale of, of badness, I am going to say Spook ranks higher for me than, than Wayne. So <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I will agree with him there for sure. Like, at least Wayne is funny, you know? Like, at least at least I laugh at dialogue that Wayne says. <laughs> and, and, and we can revel in its absurdity. Spook is just a creep. <laughs> Again, I won't belabor this point, but to your first point, about the, the trading and stealing stuff in a like being unable to help yourself is not a justification end of yeah. story i mean like yeah i mean legally maybe there's some sort of like you know not competent to stand trial for this because mm -hmm. of mental instability or something but i i agree that sure it's, and again yes like, if like it, it it's not helped by the fact that Wax just lets him get away with it for so long without taking him to task for it. Like that's mm -hmm. Wax enabling his behavior. So, but yeah. at the end of the day, oh, I couldn't help myself. That does not stand up. Okay, let me let, let's finish out this email. Uh, anyways, this is a big wall of text. Data, feel free to summarize if you need to. Uh, I left you a review on Spotify, as evidenced by the photo, and they did send us. There's a five star review on Spotify, and it says if it let because it just lets you do stars. But they say if it was if you were able to write a review, it would say charming host leads his flock of Cosmere lambs through the most perilous places of the Cosmere, from Cell and Skadriel to the jungles of Patji. Their theories range from frighteningly bad to frighteningly accurate. But they're always fun and entertaining. Cannot recommend enough. Now, I would like my misting and fairing powers, please. Don't worry. I'm also a patron. If you <laughs> misunderstand how those powers work, uh, I know which ones I would uh, like, but I will be grateful for any useful power. I'm sure there are lots of coin shots, steel runners, and sparkers, spikes conveniently stored in set lackeys. And I don't think even Harmony himself would approve of them going to waste. So this person's emailed, but they want uh, they want, they want want the other Those stuff. Yeah. 
five star. Yeah, review on they did leave us a five star right. review on Spotify, so they can get right the, on. The... No, yeah, that's fine. Well, they didn't mention what they like, but I guess I guess uh, I've made a point of of saying, well, you know, we don't always get what we're Joe right doesn't here. care anyways. <laughs> I, I mean, I kind of care, but at the same time, I mean, who, who has the time? All right, so we've given you a fairing power already, so now just a misting power, and hey, let's make you a coin shot like good old wax. What what could be better? Hmm, there you go. And they actually sent a second email following up on the first. This one's much shorter. Oh, oh God, I think I was thinking, how could I not? How could I have forgotten to congratulate Dak, Jamie, and Joe on their respective babies? So once again, congratulations to you all. Hope you're doing well, including Data, and please keep the random baby noises in. It's so cute and always warms my heart to hear them, which is in neat what I need in this cold season in Europe. From my understanding, it's pretty warm in Australia right now. Wasn't to the time of next, Colo. Yeah, I mean it was today. Last week was kind of shit. Yeah. What is it? Are you guys almost in spring now? No, man. Spring's gone. We're in summer. I mean, oh, you're we're in summer now. Wow. We're meant to be. We're fucking <laughs> not, but we're meant to be. That's funny because <laughs> it's actually pretty warm here, considering we should be in the middle of winter. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Warm. There's earthquakes going on. It's it's all happening. Okay. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna stick with those emails. We'll get to uh, somebody that you gave a uh, that was one of our one of our patrons that uh, you gave a power to maybe in the I think it was episode before last or last I don't remember. one of the recent episodes uh, also sent in an email. It was uh, Carolina. So uh, but hers is also rather long. So we'll we'll do we'll save yours for next time, ma'am. If anyone would like to send us emails. The, the address is the sanderlanch at gmail.com. Clearly, we are. Uh, you can find us on Patreon, where I'm still posting on Tuesdays and Thursdays my reactions to the Lost Metal as I was reading it for the first time. I think uh, yesterday's episode that came out was chapters 41, 42, and 43. So, I mean, we've already caught almost uh, almost halfway up on this show to where I am in that. We're we're also on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. And all those various places online. So find us, leave us messages. As we established, I'm not that good about checking Instagram, but uh, I, I promise I will try to get better about these things so that I'm not missing cool mentions of us places. Music by Miracle of Sound. Remember, four chapters for next time. We're going to finish out part one. So you know part one's got to end on something interesting, right? Especially since that's the longest chapter of uh, that. Hold on. That may be the longest chapter in the book, actually. Uh, if not, it's very close. And I think it's yeah. I think chapter nineteen is the longest chapter in this book. So some that's the last part of that's the last chapter of part one. Something good's got to happen, right? Let's see the or something really fly. bad. <laughs> so come back next time for that. Thank you everyone for listening. Thank you patrons for wanting to support the show. We really appreciate it. And we you should get to see some concrete stuff pretty soon of uh, what that money has been going towards if uh, my plans work out like they're supposed to. Thanks, everyone, and wasing to the time of next. Colo? play brandon in a biopic brandon fraser oh totally i could absolutely see that yeah not not like the mummy era brandon fraser but like current day brandon fraser yeah 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 just like 
similar sort of facial structure and even like just mm-hmm. the manner of talking sounds similar to how Brendan's currently doing. <laughs> so there's there's our casting people for uh, for Brandon in the Brandon movie, which will just be called Brandon. <laughs>